Hello, welcome back everybody. It's outside the huddle, back with our weekly review episode. It's Andy alongside James. James, how are you well? I'm here. Um, I'm very tired and for the first time on the podcast I've got a coffee. <laughs> oh, it's grim, isn't it? I'm feeling my age. I appreciate your time as always, James. <laughs> You're not going to... Nod off, don't worry. The fatigue is not going to get any better as you get older. No, I, I feel like I am you today, Andy. Mm. But you wear it much better than I do. You won't. You won't be as angry as I am when it comes to NFL stuff. So there's no, that. I think we're in different places on that front. <laughs> we are. We are. We'll get to that. Um, as usual, we've we've managed to rope in a guest to help us along the way tonight. I'm looking forward to having this fine gentleman on. We've been planning it for some time. Uh, so it's nice to have Rob Taylor joining us on the show tonight. Rob, how we go? Yeah, good. Thank you, boys. Thanks for having me along. Looking forward to it. Pleasure. Pleasure as always. And for information for everybody, Rob is a Giants fan. So some Sorry. context. <laughs> and, and what we always do, Rob, to be fair, is whenever we get anyone on, we ask them just to kind of tell everybody a little bit about how you got into the game, how long you've been watching, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think probably like many people of my my age in early 40s, the Channel 4 surge in the 80s kind of brought me through it. Um, Lawrence Taylor and Phil Simmons' Super Bowl wins in 87. Um, it was the kind of first time I kind of got into it. And I just chose New York as my sport for all sports, fell in love with the city. Um, I'm a big Knicks fan in basketball as well. So um, the Giants was the obvious choice. When you've got the Giants or the Jets to choose from, it's, there's only one choice to make, really. So, so yeah, it's... Uh, it's been a Giants, a Giants parade since then, really, and the Eli Manning era um, up until up until today, and we'll probably touch on today a bit later on. I'm I'm sure. <laughs> I do love how the Giants they're hanging on to Eli Manning still. I mean, <coughs> can't blame them. Kind of have to. Kind of have to, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> mm-hmm. I always think about that. I mean, I absolutely love New York. I think it's the best place on the planet, or mm. the best place I've been to anyway. And I, I kind of already had my team before I went there, but I did wonder if it came to it and I had to choose between one of those teams, which way I'd have gone. Because, uh, you know, history and all that sort of thing, I'm I'm the sort of person who picks the jersey over the history of a team, because I'm an he idiot. Loves, he loves a green jersey. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I might have gone that way, but thankfully, well, thankfully... Thankfully, what have I got to be thankful about when it comes to supporting <laughs> my team? But never mind. So we'll we'll kick it off. We'll we'll square away the NFC West uh, as those they they kept it in house again for another week. Uh, Thursday night game, Rams back on track against Seattle. Um, Seahawks without Carson going into that game, and now without Russ for a prolonged, fairly prolonged period. It looks. I mean. I know Metcalf's a baller and uh, and all that, but really he's the one player they just can't they can't be without him for whatever their aspirations are this season, can they? No, <clears throat> I mean anyone losing their starting quarterback, you're not in a good place, are you? Um, yeah, I, I don't fear for the Seahawks now. Um, Russell Wilson is he? How long is he out for? Is he could be potentially the rest of the season, can it? Or six weeks? Or I think yeah, I think six weeks at least. Yeah, and given the fact we keep going about their de- defense isn't. You know, it's not terrible, but it isn't very good. I generally think they could really struggle to even win more than a couple of games now if Wilson doesn't play much. So, you know, it was nice to see Gio Smith get a, actually get out there and actually play some competitive football. And he did show some signs, but 
you just know the longer that he plays, the more interceptions come, and they're going to get blown away. In a, I think we're touched upon it, obviously, going into next week's games. But, um, yeah, I, I, I feel sorry for Seahawks fans now because I don't see how they win. Is it one of the biggest drop-downs in quarterbacks from starting to reserve there is in the league, do you think? Possibly. <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that Geno Smith probably will be picked up even by the Jets says it all, really. <laughs> He's Are you on an anti-Jets thing tonight, James? Well, <laughs> yes, because Luke Wilson, um, Zach Wilson, didn't, you know, do my beer prop any good. So, <laughs> oh, Luke, yeah. Luke Wilson might be a better quarterback for him. <laughs> yeah, I probably, I'd like to see Luke Wilson throw the ball. But, um, <laughs> regarding that game though, about the Rams, like, mm. is anyone? I felt like that wasn't a particularly good performance by them either. Like, they got the job done, but. Mm. Anyone feel any more confident about them or actually a bit more concerned about them? Confident? Maybe not, but I think they've just got enough weapons, haven't they? I mean, I've got Cup in, in several of my teams and you look at Woods and... Finally, Woods. I know, yeah. Crazy, isn't it? Like, literally, I, I was only put a post out a week before saying, it's like Robert Woods died. Like, what's happening? And then all of a sudden... <laughs> Before I knew he had like eight or nine catches in the first half. I was like, okay, he's back. It, it's just one of the, it's that classic thing, isn't it? About the they're good enough to get where they need to be, and then it's everything starts again once you get to that postseason. It's a different competition, and then that's where we'll find out what they're really about and what Stafford's really about. Um, yeah, they get they can't be they can't be great every week. So it was a nice get right game for them. Um, Seahawks go to two and three, joined there by the Niners who lost to the Cardinals, go marching on. Not really much to say about that game, really. Um, I mean, Rondell Moore, some nice stuff from him, but it's from the Niners' point of view, it's a tough day. They had no Kittle, I think. I don't think the running back room is just decimated. I think I'm next in line for for a shot at that. <laughs> I mean, it was that running game was so crucial to that offense when they they had that really great season. They got to the Super Bowl. Um, injuries are killing them, and they're led by at the minute a rookie quarterback who's having a who's having a tough time. James, you followed him pretty closely in his last year at college. Where are you at with that situation now? If someone said to me that Trey Lance that would be his first start, I'd have said this is exactly how it would have gone. Um, I do think he has all the talent. And, you know, he's the running type of quarterback. He's the future type of quarterback. But when you only play one season in college and then one game last year, and he wasn't he was playing at the FCS level, it's a step down. So, for me, it was always going to take time. People who thought he was going to start week one, it was just, you're asking too much. He hasn't even played at a top level, really, at college level. So, I think he'll be, give him time. You, you're seeing it. He makes some great runs. He, I think the problem you've got is with a rookie quarterback, generally, they take time to learn the playbook and you can tell they've had to like really dull it down so much for to try and make it simple for him. And he, he's still making rookie mistakes. I mean, they nearly got back in this game. I mean, they had to get a really a, a stop towards the end of the game to finish the game off, but it was a weird game really for me. I think for, when it comes to Trey Lance, I'm, I'm not concerned for the future, but maybe for this season, it's just too early. I think if Jimmy G's back, I don't know when he's back, but I think if he is back, I generally think I'll go back to him. Yeah. Um, I don't know that where how that will work. I don't know if it might be a bit hard for Jimmy G to come back into it now because people expected Lance to take take the reins from here. But yeah, I just think it looks better with Jimmy G. I think he's more comfortable with him and he knows the playbook. So 
I think going forward, we'll see Jimmy G. Um, but it was a strange game. I expected the Cardinals to put loads of points on this defence because the 49ers aren't great on defence. And But it felt like the Cardinals got ahead quite early and then just sat on it and, you know, did enough. And that's, I, I think that's the only thing I took from that game. The Cardinals won and that's all that matters. Mm. Rob, anything on those teams? Anything stand Yeah, I think when you got Murray and Hopkins, I think James has summed it up. They just did enough, and you kind of expect them to explode a little bit more. But some some games they just don't need to, do they? And with that offense that they were facing, they just they just got enough points to get the job done, and they can move on to next week now. And you know the five and zero record is there, and they'll get they'll get sterner tests, I think. Yeah, right. Another one where you know they're not going to fire all cylinders every week, so. Just, just keep marching on. Um, if we, we stick with the rookie quarterbacks theme for a little bit, uh, we, that will allow us to kind of pile into the first of the London games this season. Falcons putting the Jets away. Um, we start with the Falcons. We don't often get a chance to say much uh, positive about them, it uh, feels like. But, I mean, at one point it looked like they might falcon it all up briefly. Um <laughs> But they did play some nice football at times, and you know, particularly in the passing game, they've got some very significant injury problems. But I mean, uh, we said last week, Rob, that we we found it hard to really pick a winner there. But we just leaned into the fact that Ryan's got so much experience, and he was going to he yeah. just know how to get the job done, and that's pretty much exactly what happened, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And I think you probably saw the arrival of Kyle Pitts as well for the first time this season. I know um, one of my friends has been quite frustrated with picking him in our fantasy league and he's not really done anything yet. So to get a touchdown and over 100 yards on receiving, I think he's probably starting to show his um, his draft position potential and hopefully that's the start of a run of games where he's um, he's star man for a bit. Yeah, he, look, he looks another level. I mean, I've, I've seen it at college because Florida Gators are my team, but he looks completely different level to everyone else on that pitch and they needed him because yeah, there's no getting away. What the Falcons winning this game and winning it. I, I know it got tight at the end, but this was pretty comfortable stuff really. And yeah. to do that with, without pretty much all your wide receivers, is quite impressive. And you know, Matt Ryan, 33 from 45, 342 yards and two touchdown passes. He had a really good game considering it felt like every play was going to go to Cordell Patterson or Cole Pitts. <laughs> and it felt like watching it, you knew, that where are they? Because that's where it's going. But the Jets didn't really work it out. But it was it was at the same time, it was quite drab. The whole game just yeah. felt... I mean, it doesn't matter. If you go to the London games, you don't really care. It's all about the whole emotion of it all getting there. We all know that. But it didn't, watching it on TV, I know it got a little bit exciting towards the end, but it felt boring as hell. I mean, as for the Jets, they they had moments, I suppose, in that game. They they, they made it competitive, and it, it just took them so long to to do anything. Um, you know, they can't keep their offense on the field for any prolonged time. They the sixty four rushing yards on the day, which is just you know not going to get it done. And then you're putting the ball in the hands of someone who's had it shocking start to his career in the NFL for various different reasons. It's not a good recipe, but um, I just look at Zach Wilson. I said to, I can't remember who it was I said at the weekend, he just looks like a child. And he's always, he, he looks like he's never going to look like a, a grown adult. Um, Do you mean he looks strange. like Justin Herbert when he had his hair <laughs> <laughs> He just looks, he just looks so young. Um, and 
And then going back to what you were saying about Pitts as well, he, he played with, like, real, his performance was really mature. That's the one thing that stood out, and he was making those contested catches, and he was dominating people when he probably shouldn't have been. Yeah. He looked like he'd been in the league for five years. Um, that's really impressive. But, yeah, I mean, anything at all on the Jets that's worth mentioning? I suppose we should come to you for that, Rob. Well, yeah, whilst I like seeing them lose, obviously, um, I, I've obviously listened to the podcast over the last few weeks and listened to your uh, your props bets about Wilson being taken <laughs> off. And, I, yeah, I just wondered when it was going to happen because he does seem to be struggling. I know there's a, a lot of rookie quarterbacks, but he seems to be the one more than anyone that just can't get, as you said, Andy, the offence on the field long enough to make any make any decent plays and keep them in games. Mm-hmm. Um so at one and four, it doesn't surprise me at all, really, with where they're where they're heading. I, oh, I'm sitting here watching this game, going, "How bad are the Titans?" <laughs> all I kept saying to myself, and I was like, "They're going to lose later," and then oh, we'll get on to that later. But yeah, I just I don't understand it. They're just there's nothing explosive about the offense, and even that game, for most of that game against the Titans, it wasn't anything explosive until mm. the Titans just let him take all day to throw the ball. So. Uh, once again, Zach, for me, Zach Wilson is another guy that he played one really good year at college and it was when they played their weakest schedule. And that was always my fear about him coming in. He's got the talent. I can see a Sam Darnold situation starting to happen again. I hope not, but the protection's not great. I don't feel like they're giving him the plan. It's just simple. Maybe he doesn't want simple. Maybe he's trying too hard, but they need to sort it out because if he goes the rest of the season like this, it's just going to be a complete confidence like blower yeah. for him, and I'm, I don't know what he comes out like next year. Yeah, there's still a lot, a lot of work to do to build some stuff around him and give him, give him a, a fair crack there. Um, we're going to get onto the Titans now, James. Nice Ooh. little segue there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags took on the Titans. It, I mean, the Titans were looking for a get-right game. Uh, couldn't ask for a better one, really. Jags had more yards in the air, more yards on the deck. More players, more first downs, fewer penalties, but they didn't have Derrick Henry. <laughs> um, but on Lawrence to start with, uh, he's in a bad team. Uh, he's, you know, six touchdowns, eight interceptions. You, you can see the talent. You, you can absolutely see the talent in terms of projection and his development. Is he? Is it kind of panning out exactly how you thought it would? Not really. Um, but he's on the Jags, so mm. they've ruined every single quarterback they've ever had. It's, I feel like the problem with the Jags is more to do with their head coach right now. I I thought this this might be a game where they could go and win it, simply because I was watching, like I said, I was watching the Jets game, how bad are the Titans? They've got their wide receiver, one wide receiver back, so they're going to be a bit better. But that defence is there. And Lawrence isn't afraid to throw the ball. So I thought if they could hang into this game, then I thought they might have a chance of nicking it. But... They never felt like they was in the game. And, and obviously, they don't need... When you're a bad team, you don't need the distraction of your head coach grinding in a bar, going viral. And to be honest, he looks like a Muppet because he has owned it, to be fair. He has come out and apologised and said he had to apologise to the players. But I don't... There's been like loads of rumours that the players aren't happy about the whole situation. And when you're a bad team, you don't need that, do you? So I think problems with this year is just... You, it was always going to be a struggle for the Jags, but I feel like this year's gone already. And whether Urban Meyer is even there by the time we get to next season, it's just a mess. Again, it's a mess for the Jags. I feel sorry for Jags fans. 
they're one of those teams that they just seem to rely on where they're going to finish in a season to then enable them to rebuild in a draft. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and my Giants are a bit like that, but the I was Jags just going to say, ones. hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got in there quick. Um, but they they continue to not have weapons in the right places to enable them to progress as a unit. And you know, looking at the stats, you know, James Robinson's really their only their only offensive player that can do. I know Chenault's had a decent decent flurry here and there, but Robinson's the only one that can really make plays mm-hmm. to keep them up the pitch and and score and score and score points for them. So, yeah, I agree. I think it's a right off season for them again. I'm I'm going to the London game this weekend, so I'll see them firsthand. But um, yeah, I think it's a another season of struggle. And you're right. I think the head coach has got a lot to answer for in that. Yeah, thank you. There are certain things you don't need when you're a bad team. Um, <laughs> no. On the flip side. The players might be thinking, eh, keeps the attention off us a little bit if he can't uh, behave himself <laughs> off the off the pitch. We'll see. Um, but how but how good is Derek Henry though? I mean, he's just a <sighs> he's just a superstar, isn't he? He's just um, yeah. he could just destroy anyone on his day. So to do it against the Jags is no real surprise. Mm. When I was doing my DraftKings, I, I think I did put him in a couple because I thought obviously this is a great opportunity. But I was like, surely they're going to rest him a bit. Like it can't keep twenty five plus carries, but. Once again, you know, 29 carries. Everyone says you can't do that. If you do one season like that, you often drop off. But this is the third straight season he's still doing it. He's incredible, isn't he? Just, he is. How do it, you stop the man? That they, they should be very grateful that he's made of steel because we've seen they can't defend against anybody. So he's always going to be needed. Uh, they never really get themselves in a position where they can, they can rest assured and take him out of the game. So... Uh, that's, that's the makeup of their team. Um, Davis Mills is a rookie we didn't expect to see this much of so early in his career. And he was really, really good the other day. Came really close. Um, 312 yards, three touchdowns on the day. Extremely admirable performance when you look who he's working with. Um, Where did that come from? Like. He, you know, the week, I nearly put that in my beer pot so he was going to throw two inceptions or, you know, because he's playing against Bill Belichick and we know bar one or two rookies, he rips rookies, he owns rookies. And then you've got Davis Mills, who is far, the most out of the water quarterback going into a game against New England and absolutely shreds them. I, I mean, he should have probably lost that game in the end. But, mm. but yeah, I mean, fair play to him. I mean, I've got him in a lot of taxi squads. So... I'm happy for this to carry on, but um, <laughs> I think it's a one-off week. But fair. the Texans every other week, pretty much every week, will surprise me in one way or another. They've only yeah. been blown out in one game. You know, Tyra Taylor's actually looked amazing until he got injured. They they could have even beaten the Browns if he hadn't got injured potentially. And then this week, I was thinking, well, they're just going to lose like by twenty points. It's going to be a boring game. And then they was winning for most of it. It's the Texans are a fun team to like watch because you just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Very true. You've probably never seen a more typical Patriots win though than this, have you? Relying on tight ends and field goals to get them across. It's a it's a classic Belichick win, I think, isn't it? Yeah, leave it late, leave the game. Uh, attritional. I mean, yeah, they're they're not running the ball very well. I know they've obviously suffered a big injury in that in that room. Their passing game is just the middle of the middle of the road. There's with there's no alpha in the group. They've lost key pieces on the defence as well. Is it going to be a very, very potentially indifferent season for them? Yeah, I, I, once again, I still don't really know who they are because oh. they can step it up on both sides of the ball. Um, but scraping against the Texans when they 
were looking completely out. Makes you just think they're just below average still. So oh, there's bigger tests to come. <laughs> it's very true. And we finish up the rookie roundup with Justin Fields. Um, Bears put the Raiders away with, with some ease. Completes an extremely bad week for the Raiders. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with everything around John Groove, which the you know, bloke's a knob. Um, I mean, not much to take from the game. Nagy came out before the game and said Fields is the man, he's QB1, the fans have got what they wanted. So really, it's just, it's on him, it's his team now, you know, let's see what he does. Sorry, did he, he didn't say the fans have got what they wanted. Oh no, I'm saying. I was going to say, that's the sort of thing Nagy would say though, and you're like, what? Yeah, you know how much we love Fields on this programme. I'm I'm still wasn't blown away by that performance by any stretch, but they got ahead and they did what they needed to do. Khalil Herbert though, I love Khalil Herbert, so I'm glad he did well. He he looked good, mm. and obviously Williams as well. So it makes you think they're not missing Monty, put it that way. Um, but yeah, it was just a nothing game, and what was it like a week ago or ten days ago? It was also, well, a lot of people were like you know the three and O Raiders, they're on top of the world. Here they are now, two straight defeats, and now without a head coach. Absolutely mental. <laughs> Rob, any thoughts? I'm on for, yeah, I was gonna. Well, yeah, plenty. I've got a good friend of mine. He's a friend of mine. Neil is a big Raiders fan, so um, I'm quite enjoying the the leveling of their performances right now. So uh, <laughs> it aids it aids the banter. So um, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say it'd be interesting to see where they go from here, whether an interim coach or a new up and coming coach comes in and changes it for the positive again, or whether they this is just their plateau and their level. Um, and that the, the, the weapons they've got or haven't got um, out injured just to enable them to have a pretty mediocre season from here after, as James said, their 3-0 start. I mean, I've been banging on. I think they're a mediocre team at best anyway. I think, you know, they had some great start. They had a great start, but I didn't expect that. And I think they come back to the pack now. But now they've lost their head coach. It's going to be a very... I mean, if they make anything of this season, fair play to them. But do you know what? Deep down, I think this is the better, best thing that could have happened to them. John Gruden, yeah, he was good back in the early noughties, obviously being a Bucks fan. Loved him for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, I, I just didn't I didn't like where they was going. They haven't really, really improved that much since he's been there. And I just think they do need a complete change. So I think longer term, whatever that means for some of these players, like Derek Carr, for instance, I don't know. But I think a new head coach would be great because they have got the weapons on offense to be great. And I know they put up some points every now and again, but if you watch them, they never fill you with confidence, not consistently. The defence is still really secretly a mess. I, I think it can ease blowing up in some... Like, not the team, the players, they've got a good enough core there with a few right moves. They could definitely be in contention, but I think the head coach, obviously, now he's got the coach staff below him, potentially. I think he just needs a new direction. So I think the Raiders will be chuffed in a couple of years' time, but right now they must be thinking, what the hell? We're finally going somewhere, and now we've lost our head coach. With the best part of a billion-year contract, they've still got to pay him for as well, <laughs> which is good. So, yeah, he's done all right, hasn't he? Oh yeah, he's sitting pretty. Um, someone who had his rookie uh, cut short and has come back swinging is Joe Burrow. Uh, what a finish to that game! Really came close to a big old scalp. Um, <clears throat> funny how these things go, James. Because was I think it was last week, and I was asking if anyone's opinion on the. Bengals had changed because they'd gone, I think, won the first three games or they'd won three at least. And, you know, that conversation would have been different again, maybe, had they, had they beat the Packers. So, well, I think I, I think even without them beating the Packers, I've changed my opinion. Okay. 
I thought they was a bit, a bit overrated, to be fair. And maybe they are still a little bit, but in the sense that they, I didn't think they'd compete in this game. I thought they'd lose this quite easily, and they never, they probably should, well, they should have won. Well, I mean, both kickers had chances to win before anyway, but they did enough in this game. And yeah, Joe Burrow, I mean, he's got injured again, isn't he? I mean, I, I don't, I think he's okay, but he looks good. I mean, I just don't get it. I'm so annoyed they didn't take alignment. I was just like, for God's sake, the bloke was injured last year. Like, you need protect. We've seen it with Tua. And, but it doesn't seem to matter because Chase is in, absolutely incredible. Yeah, okay. And um, yeah. we knew he had all the talent. But to actually go straight into this and do what he's doing, he's been brilliant. And they're going to give everyone they play a run, definitely. Mm. This wasn't easy for the Packers. And I, I actually think the Bengals did enough to win this. Yeah, Jamar Chase. Look at that, 456 yards and five touchdowns already. Absolutely insane, isn't it? And he must be up there with like top three or four in the league already. Yeah, he is, yeah. Um, what do you make of... I mean, the Packers... Put this one to you, Rob. 260 yards receiving for Adams in that game. Incredible. Yeah, about he's a go-to guy. I mean... What do you think of those? It's not fair for me to give any insight on the Packers because I just say the crap every week because I can. <laughs> but do you think, <clears throat> is this the last hurrah for, for Rodgers in Green Bay? You think he's just going to give it everything and then walk away? Yeah, maybe. And there's obviously a lot of rumours about where he might where he might go afterwards if he if he keeps playing, whether he retires. But yeah, I think this could certainly be seen as a last hurrah for, for AR-12. Um and good luck to him. He deserves everything he gets from the game. So if he has one big season with Jones and Adams at his uh, at his beck and call, then then fair play. I still think the Packers will go go fairly deep in the season. Um, but yeah, I think um, an overtime win with a with a field goal against a, a very improving Bengals side, I think, is a is a decent decent win for them. Um, and they'll they'll do well across the rest of the season, I think. Unfortunately, so um, I, it got me look like wondering. Two hundred six, two hundred six yards, nice old game. And then I thought, I wonder what the most receiving yards is from a player in a game. Any guesses as to what the uh, highest think, number of yards is? Three hundred and sixty <laughs> something. Ooh. Higher or lower, Rob? I'm going to go higher. Oh. It is actually. I had to look it up. So in 1989, a Rams wide receiver called Flipper Anderson, <laughs> Flipper Anderson, he racked up 336 yards oh, in a game oh. against the Saints. Um, I'd like to see that. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll segue this into into the next game. And I had a little note written down. So that Saints secondary, James, might <laughs> nearly be as bad as yours at the minute. And I know you, you were rant, you were ranting about them something rotten on uh, on Twitter. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know about the Saints. To be fair, I, I, I have only saw the game on Red Zone. Um, no, they're not as bad as the Bucks secondary. I don't think anyone is. Um, James Winston. When you look at the stat line, I, I mean, I had to look at it about three or four times because watching Red Zone, it was like he, he was making terrible passes. Obviously, a terrible interception, a terrible fumble. And at the end, he got it done. But, oh, man, James Winston's back. Literally, good and bad, James Winston. Yeah, because next week you'll be saying, oh, he's on a bad week. I, well, yeah, that's it. It's back to evens, isn't it? So, yeah, next week they lose. 
Um, <laughs> once again, though, yeah, Washington, they've got no defence, really, have they? And the offence, I, I think that's the difference. The Saints had a bit of a defence, and they managed to get a couple of turnovers, and they could get a couple of stops, where Washington just can't. So that was the difference in this game. Mm. What's happened to Washington's defence this season compared to last year? Because they were so strong last year. They were. I, I don't think they're getting the penetration up front. Last year, they was at least, you know, they was getting quite dominant. The second half of the season, they especially... Um, the problem is, your division is a little bit better. Well, I say that. The Cowboys are better. And, <laughs> and the Eagles are going to be... They look like they have a chance of being okay. Um, yeah. And I think last year, none of you were good. So maybe there's just... With, in-house, they took care of business a bit better. But... Yeah, Washington yeah. defense, all that hype, absolute load of rubbish. Mm, they've got, I mean, they've got. We keep saying it, don't we? They're, they're shipping thirty-one points a game, and they've got some rough games coming up. Um, it's you know, I don't see it getting any any better for them. Uh, just quickly throw it back to the books, though. Um, I mean, it was it was never in doubt. You were getting angry at one point, James, but you you were playing a team that it wasn't really going to matter against because they are, you know, your secondary is bad, theirs is shambles. Um, but what what about Antonio Brown? I mean, oh man, what, I mean that that pick is looking just inspired. That taking him, Oh, his his catch and turn for the touchdown. I mean, I as a, I mean, I've got Scotty Miller on our our team, but. He took it in stride. It was perfect from Brady because he got it as he was turning. But my God, it was like he was Jets just boom. I was like, wow, this is Antonio Brown from like four or five years ago. Oh, I, I, I don't like to say it, Andy, because I obviously was a bit sceptical about signing him. And I still am in the sense of, you know, the couple of years beforehand. But as a player, it's a dream come true. And now he's had his operation and he's into his proper like year with the Bucks. He looks so comfortable. It's so hard because I'm such a big Mike Evans fan. But mm. now I'm like, oh, AB's great to watch as well. I love Godwin. There's no doubt about it. The offense is stellar. We haven't even got wrong. But, um, but yeah, coming back to our secondary, you you say there was nothing to worry about. Jay uh, Brisket was literally <laughs> had a hip injury, limping around, and was still able to make 30, 40 yard completions. I was like, what the hell? And at one point it was 24 17. And yeah, we blew him away in the fourth quarter, thankfully. But I was like, unless they drop the ball or unless he completely misses someone, then we are going to keep conceding points. But luckily, we got one good stop and then we got one good turnover and the offense just killed him. Um, yeah, it probably was never in doubt, but it's just frustrating. We're not going to win anything with this secondary. But I don't know, we just got to get through the next three or four weeks and I think we start getting people back and then just got to hope we have an improvement. Because otherwise, I think the next few weeks we have got a chance. I think the Eagles have got a chance against us. I generally do because they've got an offense who can put points up. I do think we should beat them, but that's going to be interesting for Thursday night football. But we've got bigger tests about four or five weeks down the line. We start playing the Bills. We start playing some of the better teams like the Saints coming up. And I don't want James Winston throwing five touchdowns against us. <laughs> they embarrassed us enough last year. If Winston does that, oh, it's almost like the Super Bowl <clears throat> didn't happen. Yeah, it's not. It's you're cautious, aren't you, this season, James? I can see it. I can see it. I think the thing is, Andy, I'm laid back in the sense. I just we've won, we've Mm -hmm. won, but you know what it's like. Everyone's waiting to give me shit, and I could tell the Dolphins fans they was all very uh, quiet. But I know full well if they'd won that game, (laughs) at the end of it, I'd have been drowned. But to be fair, I don't get it. The Miami Dolphins secondary is actually fairly good. You know, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, well, last year, 
very good. Yeah. You know, they should be good, but they got completely picked apart. <laughs> This is this is what I don't get. And Rob, I'll throw this one to you. I mean, the one and four, two is out. People have different opinions about how much that means. But I, did, I mean, that roster just doesn't look anything like what people thought it was going to be this season. We were we talked early season about how they were going to be such a dangerous team and they're going to be in contention for you know playoffs and maybe maybe more. But it's just all gone. Yeah, yeah. I think if you look at the players they've got especially on their offence, that, that at the beginning of the season, people thought they were going to make plays like Gaskin and Will Fuller and Parker and others. You, you could see why people thought they were going to do OK, but the reality is with two are out and other things going wrong for them, they're just nowhere near as good as what people anticipated. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the London game this week. <laughs> hey, I mean, yeah. yeah, who knows what's <laughs> happening in that game? Speaking of bad teams, two of them, two of them went at it, uh, it largely in a very dull game. Lions against the Vikings. Um, honestly, uh, all I would say about that performance <coughs> is that, and if 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 this makes sense, the win has bought Zimmer time, but it hasn't done him any favors anywhere else it's literally just got him another week but the patience is still as thin as it was with a lot of people i mean his 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 clock management is appalling week after week um he's conservative so conservative is in, in his approach to just running down the clock when we should we should be going for the throat and it's happened several times when, you, when you're in great position you think, come on, put the hammer down, and he just makes some bizarre choices. And we shouldn't, with all due respect to the Lions, because they, they have done some nice things on and off this season, but we shouldn't be having that much difficulty putting a team like that away. And I just think offensively, he can't complain about anything. He's got unbelievable weapons. He's got all his names back. He's got Hunter back, um, which is a massive piece. He's got all the experience that he wanted that we added in free agency on his side of the ball. And it's not getting any better. And I think when you consider all of that, you can only point the finger at one person. Uh, yeah, I just... and I think I think the problem is, like, in the modern-day NFL, you actually have to be aggressive. It's not it's not a game now where you just go, oh, let's take the field goal. You know, you're fourth from one, you go for it. People are taking fourth from two and fourth from one in their own half. I'm like, the Zimmer obviously wouldn't do that. But... Uh, I, I didn't see much this game, Andy, to be fair, so you're going to have to fill me in. But obviously, 17 points to the Lions, yeah, but they've put points up. So looking at this, I'm like, well, OK, they, the defence did OK, I assume. Maybe not. But the offence didn't exactly put the Lions away either. And they got it done in the end, but I don't. going on. I don't know what happened offensively, because if you look, I mean, every time... It, I, Jefferson was having an absolute blind mm. in first half, um, and all, it, you just thought, just keep feeding him because he they can't deal with him. He's winning everything. Just keep doing it, and we didn't. I mean, Madison ran the ball twenty five times. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, he ran for one hundred and thirteen yards. He did okay, apart from the very very costly fumble, which has happened to us before. But yeah, it just it was just a dreadfully dull conservative approach again and um 
I don't know if that was feeding into those scenes we saw at the end with with cousins. Maybe he was giving Zimmer a piece of his mind about uh, the tactical approach. But we don't do well against the run. Um, they didn't put up massive numbers, but we that's going to be a big problem when we play better teams, and it's not getting any better there. So yeah, I think he's very fortunate we won the game in the end because he might not be in the job had we not. What's the news on Dalvin Cook as well? Is he is he likely to be back this week? I, I think so. I think I think we'll see him this week, and, and even if he's not entirely fully fit, I think he'll play, especially with McCaffrey coming back for um, for the Panthers. But yeah, it was a shame what happened to Madison. But those are the moments that that really matter. You know, he ran for he ran the ball well, but when he needed to keep hold of it, he dropped it, and yeah. those things can be very damaging to somebody's career. But uh, yeah, I mean that's enough of my misery, Rob. We've kept you waiting long enough. We're gonna we're gonna move it across to your boys. I guess I, not not that you're itching to talk about the game, I don't suppose, but let's do it anyway. Um, I can't remember what you tweeted prior to the game, but you were, I got the impression you were looking forward to it, whether you were confident or not. Well, it's the it's the rivalry, isn't it? Obviously, mm. Andy, you and you and I are in um, similar position for our football allegiances um yeah. which obviously we won't talk about tonight but um it's the it's the big one for for both sets of fans this one so it, it always matters whether you're you know in a decent position with your side or or like us struggling and, and hoping to cling on to some kind of pos, pos, possibility but yeah i think everything that could have gone wrong pretty much this week went wrong um you know you, you name all, all your star players or players that can actually try and do something for you to turn it into a positive result it just it just capitulated for us, you know. DJ going off with a concussion, sack one going down and causing gasps everywhere for Giants fans. Uh, Golladay going off, other people being injured before the start of the game. It's just um, just an absolute shambles. And and the Cowboys' momentum right now is is going for them, and they're turning in some good performances. So all that going against us is no excuse. You know, the Cowboys turned up and and we didn't really. So. Um, the, the result, unfortunately, whilst it was close up until the sort of third quarter, they, they ran away with it. And uh, Zeke and, and Dak got got the job done, really. James. Kadarius Tony, that's all I've got to say. But he, that head <laughs> on the sideline when he just lost the pot and headbutted the other person. Like, what the <laughs> And then he got, a, he got chucked out of the game at the end, didn't he? So Yeah, he did. Yeah, got ejected. Blinding yeah, game, and then goes and does that. Yeah, and we're going to we're going to need him. I don't know what the, the repercussions of that incident are longer term, but we're going to need him because um, and that's that's giants all over. We have to have our our star players on on the field to have any chance of um, of doing anything in any game. We're not going to score thirty plus points every game. You know that's not what our offense is about right now. DJ hasn't got the right protection to enable him to make plays. You know, Golladay was obviously our massive signing in free agency. Um, and we've been hoping for him to get on the field and be able to make plays, but he's just not there enough right now. And Saquon, with his start the season, um, being quite slow and looking after him the way they've done and managing his plays, you saw glimpses the last couple of weeks of him getting through that and starting to be the Saquon that Giants fans know he could, he can be and has been. Um, but unfortunately, there's just too many injuries and in key areas on the field that just means it's just going to be an absolute shambles of a season unfortunately 
Oh, Kenny Golladay, honestly. Uh, just <laughs> I thought he was back. I thought he was back. Against, yeah. He had a nice game against the Saints. Crucial catch towards the end. And I thought, that's it. Let's, let's see something for him. Um, and he just can't. He can't stay fit. Ever. He's pretty much out next week as well, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. so. Really is. I mean, overall, what kind of... What's a realistic... Sort of win and loss estimate for them, do you think? I mean, for me, it depends on how quickly some of these players come back. I did start to think and feel that with DJ, I know he gets a lot of stick from Giants fans and from non-Giants fans, that there was glimmers of him starting to make the appropriate plays and starting to get us looking like a, a decent offence again. And with Golladay and Barkley um, and even Engram, you know... I don't really know a Giants fan that that rates him, but um, with some with some decent weapons finally on the pitch, I think we could start seeing us make make some decent points and competing in games when we need to. But we've got a tough one in games. There's no there's no getting away from it. And uh, I think anything more than five and five and twelve would be a surprise for me right now. Yeah, I mean, those next four or five games are pretty tough. And if you don't yeah. say, unless you get everyone back for the Panthers game or something like that, then even that, the Panthers looks the easiest game. And yeah, unless you've got everyone back for that, that's not an easy game at all. So it's not good, is it? I mean, I feel like we go through this with the Giants every year. It's just, I mean, you've been a bit unfortunate with injuries on and off over the last few years as well, obviously, in the past. But it's just like, it's crazy, isn't it? You lose a couple of key players and the depth isn't there. And then, or you need other people to step up, and they're just not like obviously Ingram in the past. And <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Unfortunately, it looks like it's going to be another one of those seasons. Which, sorry to say, mate, it's, <clears throat> it gets a bit like the Jags because you guys are always in the top ten. <laughs> and I thought you guys would be at least solid this year and compete for your division, but it's not playing out that way at all. No, there's been there's been glimpses there, but you know, as we said, they're just the players aren't available enough for us to make it happen. And, and the bigger issue, I think, for the Giants is actually Dave Gettleman. You know, because he doesn't enable us to be effective in draft and free agency to plug those gaps where we need it. Everyone knows our offensive line has been poor. <clears throat> DJ, DJ can't do what he's been brought in to do without an offensive line to protect him. Um, yeah. And he's and he's just not addressed it in, in recent drafts and agencies to, to enable us to move forward. Fair. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys, we know. We know they're a good side. They march on the, and their run game is something that looked questionable first couple of games but and they got Pollard involved and that seemingly has kicked Zeke up the arse because he's he's come to life in the last couple of games as well it's very versatile attack and they've got you know the Patriots Vikings Broncos and Falcons coming up in the next four four games so every chance they win all of those and they're sitting very pretty um yeah I couldn't believe the chat in the first couple of weeks about Pollard and, and Zeke and whether you know Pollard was going to start becoming number one uh, I just thought some people were writing Zeke off way too early I mean, he's a class act and um, yeah he's showing he's showing his true class now again and they can absolutely go in tandem yeah, yeah. They good one-two punch they do indeed um, mention them there the, the Eagles pulled out a, a, a pretty uh, a win rather from a pretty ugly hat <laughs> This week, um, it looked like they were going to roll over at, at half time or so. But and we talked last week about Donald and what a good start the season he's had. And, and right on cue, he rocks up and throws three interceptions. 
Um, I mean, the Eagles, like, they stifled that offence really well. Tuba Hubbard ran the ball well, but he didn't really do any damage with it. And they don't really have a passing game to speak of, or they didn't this week. Um, I don't know. It was like a game of all kinds of nonsense at one point. Like, the third quarter, and they were just giving it back to each other and quarterbacks getting sacked all over the place. And it ended up being like a special teams play and a, and a bit of a defensive show from the Eagles. Yeah, it was a strange one, really, because the Panthers got ahead and it just felt like there was nothing was happening. Yeah. And it just felt like nothing was going to happen and they was just going to walk out with a win. But, I mean, fair play. The last couple of drives from the Eagles looked good. Hurts led it well and played some good for stuff. But, I mean, he was... Every time I looked, he had like 37 yards passing. And I was like, come on, Jalen, like... You have been pretty good. I've been enjoying watching you, but yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know what happened. It was just a weird game. Both quarterbacks struggled to throw the ball in the air. Um, and the only thing I can say for Panthers is they'll be different once CMC's back, and obviously potentially he's back this week. But is he going to come back and be carrying the ball twenty-five times and catching the ball ten times? Like they've surely got to ease him back this time. If he gets injured again, this is what's going to happen. So I think Sam Darnold's been worked out a little bit. And I think obviously without CMC, he's being expected to carry the team. And we, I've said it, I've said it all along. He's a good quarterback, but he will not carry a team. And I think we saw that this week. And I think going forward, all the while that you know CMC is not a big part of this game and carrying the team himself, Darnold's not good enough to do it. So I'm back to where I believed I was with the Panthers. Well, I think they will win a few games. They're going to be tough to play, but uh, it just depends on CMC really whether they actually get to like nine, ten wins for me. Well, the Eagles, I mean, this is a great one. They stole this win, absolutely stole this win. I, I think any Eagles who, they would really see, would say probably the Panthers were the favourites. Yeah. I, I I obviously backed the Panthers to win this. I didn't feel comfortable with it, but they stole this from absolutely nowhere. Um, I'm kind of pleased as a Bucks fan because it kind of now puts Panthers obviously 3-2. and two. Makes me realise that they're not as good as everyone kept trying to say. But for the Eagles, I mean, fair play to them. And now they have a chance to beat us, so... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, there was nothing particularly impressive from either side, really, but the Eagles won. And that, where they're in the position they're in, that's that's all they can ask for. Rob, anything yeah, on the I Eagles? Can't. Yeah, well, <laughs> I could give you I could give you plenty, but um, <laughs> back back to this game. I, th- I can't get I can't get excited about either side really. Um, I think they'll both be functional. I think you're right, James CMC coming back this week will give them something different but I don't think their defence is as good as everyone potentially thought first couple of weeks um, and they're probably both both just finding their level really sort of mid, mid-table um, teams that aren't going to threaten anything in terms of playoffs or anything but are going to do enough to kind of keep out of trouble as well so yeah I can't get excited about either side as I say but um, <clears throat> CMC will make a difference James, you're saying about these and CMC back into the playing the Vikings. I'd be running him with the ball 500 times, and he'll probably go through for several touchdowns. So, and I expect them to do that. <laughs> but I expect in about two weeks' time, CMC will be back on the injury list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll let's go through the remaining few games. We'll we'll start with the Steelers. Uh, put Denver away. Uh, it was it was all looking pretty easy in the last quarter. Um, the Steelers got a tune out of you know their, their names. Claypool decided to be good again, and Harris had another good game. But I, I was talking to somebody at work the other day, and they said about um, <clears throat> they were talking about their they live near me, and they were saying that I might have seen them on the the field over the road with their dog. Um, 
and the dog's very old and uh, it's starting to fail. So the, 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 they only take him for very small, slow walks now. And I thought that that is Ben just came to mind. And that's is this the he's the NFL equivalent of a dog that is failing. Um, and he's doing less and less every week. And he looks like he's struggling more every week. It's quite sad. It is. Do you think he needs but, to be put down? I think this see end of the season. I just hope he can get to the end of the season. It would be awful for him to. He's clearly just falling apart in front of us. And if he can't, if he ends up missing the last few games and then retiring, that'll be a very sad end to his career. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I was sticking up for him a little bit last year, going into last year, and he was solid early on. But yeah, I'm, by the end of the year, I was done with Big Ben anyway. And to be fair, he had a fairly clean game. I mean, he. he I think he got away with an interception at one point and they just dropped it, uh, which could have changed the game now. But, mm. but you know, I mean, I was watching that game and I backed the Broncos just generally because I didn't care who was a quarterback for the Broncos. I just thought there'd be enough on offense to beat this offense. And it felt like, I was like, hang on, I've just found an offense that's worse than the Steelers. Teddy B was not completing anything for like three quarters of this game and they weren't moving the chains. They weren't doing nothing. But then the, re- the revival at the end, thought the Broncos might have done it. I generally thought it was going to get it back to overtime and then I'd have fancied the Broncos, but strange game again. Three quarters into that game and the Broncos' offense, well, six points. I mean, I know they've lost a few pieces and obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers are good on defense, but I expected more from them. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's another strange game. I'm still not any higher on the Steelers. I think that was them having a peak on offense and that worries oh. me. That, that's them having a really good game. We think the Broncos' defense is fairly good, but maybe it's not as good as we thought. I don't know. All I feel like is I have learned nothing from this other than the Broncos aren't good and nor are the Steelers. <laughs> and they've lost Juju for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. I bet he wish he traded away or moved over. Was he turned down the Chiefs, didn't he? Yeah. You say about the Steelers' defence, James, they've actually, I think, conceded, a friend of mine told me this week, they've conceded 370 yards on defence the last two weeks. So even that even that bit of the game hasn't been as strong as they might think. But depends on their offensive line, really, how much protection they can give Ben. Because they've got some weapons. I really like Nigel mm-hmm. Harris. Yeah. I think he's been a, a, a shining light for them. And with, with Johnson and Claypool, they've still got the weapons if, if Ben can actually throw the ball to them. But, yeah. A struggle for them, I think. And I think that's what saved them this week. I think Harris obviously breaking out is the reason why they won this game and comfortably moved the ball because then it opens up the passing game. But the offensive line has been, we not shockingly, has been awful. Mm. Um, and, and Archie Harris has been like running behind these own players because they're like in his face before he even gets the ball. So I, I, I didn't see this game that much, but I predicted that the Broncos were going to get to the backfield really easy with Von Miller, and they had been up till this point. So it was strange to me how the offensive line obviously handled it enough that they opened up some gaps. And I just didn't see that coming. I thought the Broncos would get to Big Ben. I thought they would slow the run game down and that didn't happen. So worrying for the Broncos. I know they've got a lot of injuries and maybe, you know, a lot of it is that, but they're just not good, are they? They're not as good as I expected them to be. I thought they might be a sneaky outsider. But hmm. Yeah. Melvin yeah. Gordon's been a lot quieter the last few weeks, hasn't he? He's not really made the plays that he threatened to do the first couple of weeks. Yeah, and and lo- losing Judy early was a was a kick in the balls as well. But 
Yeah, re-evaluating my stance on them, I think. Um, We've got a few absolute bangers to finish up with. We'll go with uh, charges against the Browns first. I mean, just massive, massive game from Herbert, Eckler. Mike Williams has suddenly decided he's the alpha in that team. This is my team, it's my offence. They're averaging 28 points. Defence has improved. I mean, they've got a big, big test coming up next week. Um, and as for the Browns, they're probably... I mean, look at this. They're, they're probably still sat there now wondering how they lost this game. Um, <laughs> you, you dominate possession. You score 42 points, 531 yards and lost the game. And what a game that was. You say they dominated possession. They they actually did, though. Like 36 mm-hmm. millions, the Cleveland Browns had the ball. 23 for the Chargers. And it just feels like the charge had another 10 minutes, so they probably put 80 points up. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely incredible game. I mean, it, I mean, both defences, it was just one of those where the offences just took over, had their way with the defences. I think the Browns did have a few injuries, and I think they lost a lot of their secondary in that game, or at least lost another member. And I think they were starting, like, I heard someone say that undrafted rookie was, <laughs> was a cornerback towards the end of the game. So they definitely exploited that. But, yeah, Mike, I can't get my head over it because... I love Mike Williams and I generally have a lot of shares in him because I thought he, he's big, he's got speed. Why can't he work? But last year it didn't really work. And Keenan Allen's always 10, 15 target guy. Now he struggles to get four or five targets and Mike Williams is just coming up with everything. So mm-hmm. fair play. I'd love to, I'd, I think anyone would love to play on the Chargers offense with Herbert. He's just, he's incredible. It wasn't a one-off <laughs> last year. We, we certainly know that for sure now. Um, that that offense is, well, the Chiefs have got to watch out. I think we might have found an offence that can actually match him. Yes, indeed. Um, how random are the Browns as well? I mean, you, the, I was looking at the box score after the game, just trying to make some sense of it all after watching and bemoaning the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. is just, I don't know. I mean, I haven't got that many shares in him, but the ones I do have are a waste of space. Yeah. And what the hell he is, I don't know. But David and Joku just randomly rocking up, not 150 yards from their like second choice tight end. They just can't work this offense out. Well, the fourth quarter was 41 points. <laughs> 41 points. That's more than most of the games in the whole game. So absolutely mental game. I loved it. it. Was loved. It was great to watch. I mean, obviously it was one of the late fixtures, so you got to see a lot of it. Um, so I never had any doubt though. When he got towards the end, I fancied the Chargers would win that. And my bets needed them to win it. So I was quite pleased. Someone who always divides opinion with our guests, Rob, um, and one in particular I can think of who likes to stick the boot into him. What do you think about Baker Mayfield? It's always worth asking everybody that question. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really torn on, on him. I think when you've got people like Chubb and Hunt around you, you can, you can get away with a lot, I think, as a quarterback because you just give them the ball and... In, in fairly open areas and they can do a lot so much damage I, I still haven't made my mind up on him really I think it, you imagine Herbert in this in that team what they would do it's just frightening so I think that kind of answers my question really yeah. May, Mayfield's kind of probably just a step below some of those top quarterbacks but he kind of does enough to enable that offence to, to function yeah. so I mean that's a, that's a mark of a decent quarterback and I guess sometimes maybe we judge quarterbacks too much against the Mahomeses and Brady's and Herbert's yeah. now, I guess as well, that they can't all be like that. So Mayfield maybe 
you know a seven a seven out of ten instead of a an eight or a nine. But yeah, I think he he does enough, but he's not the stellar top end quarterback that the Browns probably do need to really really challenge in the playoffs. Do you know who he reminds me of Rob? <clears throat> Eli Manning. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. In, in the sense that he just has a couple of random interceptions, you're like. <laughs> Yeah, but you know no, no, he can. Fair. But look at his stats. I didn't realize he's only had four touchdown passes on the season. Mm, yeah, and he's like, what? Well, this is one of the best offenses in the league. Like you say, the running game is a big part of that. Well, clearly it's the yeah. bigger part of it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I love his guts. There's no doubt about it. The guy has got. He'll wear his heart on his sleeve. He he wants to win. He'll do whatever he can to win. And the Browns, he fits the Browns perfectly. But you're right because of the running game. I think you can just have a bit of a game manager. I think that is the best way you can describe him. He's a game manager. He's good at it. And with the right coaching, who knows that, they can win games and they can go quite deep. But it comes back to the point with the modern NFL. You feel like you need more than a game manager now to win, to actually get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. And I don't think he's got it, unfortunately. I feel like we're going to be in five years' time. <laughs> When he's a grizzly old veteran, you could still be sat here saying, I'm just not sure what he is. And he'll yeah. finish his career and people will go, what was that all about? He's gone, never mind. Um, <laughs> much like Fight Club, we have uh, rules on this podcast. And one of them was always, you don't back against, against the Chiefs because it bites you on the arse. Um, I think maybe, James, we're going to have to put that rule to bed. Um because they were they were disposed of rather handsomely this week. We've we've seen cracks in it, haven't we, in the outfit this season? We've talked about how oh, they'll, they'll they'll get through, they'll get through. They, you know, the but they opened up a little bit further here. They they normally get a big game from one of their go to guys, and it just didn't happen. Um, you know, big up big up Edward Solaire for his thirteen yards as well. <laughs> awesome. Um, but I mean, really, you, you can say what you want, but it's 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 just a case of all credit to the Bills because that was as complete a performance as as we might see this season. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, they just played out how the Bills dominated a poor defense, put up the points, and the Chiefs tried to keep up with them. And they've got you know they have got all the talent they have, but Kelsey, not really, you can't say struggled, but. You know, he had, he had a good game in this as well. But for Kelsey level, it feels like the last two or three weeks, he's gone a bit quiet. And the thing is, they, I said like last week, the Buffalo Bills defence, it's more like it was a couple of years ago, where it's actually a top 10 defence, maybe top five. And you can be the greatest offence and you can put up points, but it is a point where a defence can stop you. And when your defence can't stop anything, you're going to lose. And the Bills are as good as them. Or I'd say the Chiefs are a better offence, but the Bills aren't far behind. So, of course, they're not playing a the defence. They're going to beat you. Um, and I think the Chiefs have managed to get away with it for far too long. And I think teams have worked them out a little bit. They know they, they've got to take a risk or two against them. And if they do that and convert into points, you're going to eventually beat the Chiefs. It's going to be a really good team to beat the Chiefs. We know that. But here they are at two and three. People were saying they was going to go and beat them this year. I mean, it, I know I believe them. Some of those people just need to get off Twitter. But, <laughs> but yeah, fair play to the Bills. They just dominated. They was, they was just good. They turned over Mahomes. Put the ball in Josh Allen's hands, who had a really good day. I'm really pleased with the Bills because they needed this. They they are a really good team that needed to beat one of the top teams. And, you know, that going for the rest of the season, if they go into the playoffs, it's going to be different for them now. They've already built themselves up to that level with what they did last year. They've now got rid of the Chiefs, who humiliated them last year, really, in the two games they played. And they 
you know, they beat them quite easily. So now I'm I'm excited to see how the Bills carry on. And if they get to the playoffs, they have to play the Chiefs. They're not going to fear them anymore. So, yeah, it, the door is open. And I think it's there's so many good teams on the AFC. But once that door opens, the Chiefs are going to find it very difficult. Rob, what do you think, Rob, about Josh Allen? Because shame on James for, for doubting him at one point. I love him. I love him. He's my main fantasy quarterback as well, so I was delighted to see him do this again. And um, yeah, I, I think he's I think he's top top draw. I think we saw it last season. We're seeing it again this season. He's clinical. He's he's a playmaker. He gets things done. Um, they've obviously got weapons in Diggs and Moss and Singletree that can score them points. They're scoring points galore, and they did a fantastic job in keeping Kelce and and Tariq Hill quiet for them you know, for, in relative terms. So they're running. Their running games is is nowhere near. I don't think where it needs to be um, for the Chiefs. So I think the Bills are a serious serious contender this season. Yeah, I mean, more, more importantly, yeah. can I just get something off my chest? I noticed Andy had Dawson Knox in one of his fantasy teams in one of my leagues, and he put him on the bench. <laughs> no, I mean the guy's got it's a touchdown machine the last four weeks, and he put him on his bench. Who did I who did I pick instead for Levine? There'll have been a, a very flawed reason for it. I love oh, Dawson yeah. Knox. I love him. Foxy Noxy. He's awesome. Um, what, what Interesting. I mean, they, when you said about their defence, they are currently the best defence in the league uh, statistically. I mean, they, they give up 12 points a game, which is just insane. But what's what stood out to me is early season, we questioned their downfall might be their running game because <coughs> Singletree is not really considered top tier. Moss was injured. He's done great since he came back. I mean, they're fourth in total rushing yards, which seems to have gone completely under the radar. So they're, they're not struggling there. Um, everything is coming together for them at the minute. You say they're not struggling there, though. Wasn't it a Houston? They put like 250 Well, out. yeah. I mean, but Moss has, Moss has kind of chipped in with a couple of, not massive yardage, but he's getting the ball over the line. But That's it, yeah. They're just, they're just such a clinical performance. Um, and quickly, I will admit, I haven't seen anything really of last of the last game of the week uh, other than to say, look at that performance from Lamar. Well, 442 yards, four touchdowns and 62 yards on the deck. It happens. It doesn't happen every week, but when it happens, he goes off. Yeah, it shuts people like us up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, was, I think I saw, I can't think who it was now, someone on, on Twitter, I think, was putting a bet on that they keep under 100 or something yards uh, rushing against the Ravens because obviously they was going. They would have hit the record. They've, they've already tied the record, but they would have broken the record tonight if they'd done it. Now, it looks like the Colts did that. And on one, and obviously the fact Lamar threw the ball so much, I can only assume they realised that quite quickly, stopped running the ball, and Lamar had to throw it. Now, not, I question when he has to drop back, yes, he'll make a few throws, but he won't consistently do it. Now, he, I mean, I haven't seen enough of the game, but he obviously did a fantastic job of it. So I'll shut up and give Lamar Jackson as much credit as he deserves because they was obviously well behind in this game as well. And to do it when you're behind and you have to drop back 43 times to throw the ball... And you throw four touchdowns of 442, all you can do is clap and say, well done, mate. I mean, fair play. He shut me up. He won a game on his own off, on throwing the ball. So it's good to see because we know he's got the talent, but it's good to see him actually do it from actually standing still, throwing the ball, not threatening with the legs. So Mark Andrews, 
Finally, mate. Well done. Welcome to the season. And and obviously, <laughs> well, again, Hollywood Brown. Everyone yeah. likes to jump on him, but he, bar one or two performances, he's been pretty good this year. Yeah, yeah, he's come good. I mean, what about Rob? You'll have seen plenty of Carson <coughs> Wentz uh, at the Eagles in that yeah. division. I mean, he certainly had a very, very good game, which has ended up being massively overshadowed. 402 yards for two fine. touchdowns. Um, every, you know, Taylor had a great game. Uh, Pittman had a decent game. Not enough in the end, but what, it's not worked out uh, when scoring there for various different reasons. Not yet, but I think the season's early still, isn't it? He's mm. he's had a he's had a bit of injury problems, and I didn't I didn't even catch that he was actually back back until obviously team news this for this week. But yeah, I think they've got. They've got enough to do. I think a lot of people's dark horses for, for the season before it started, and um, maybe even and- Andy's. Well, they didn't pay your dark horses. <laughs> so you know, Jonathan Taylor did a, a great season last season. He's starting to come into it again this year. They're not going to probably get to the playoffs or already challenge, but you know, there's glimpses there that there's starting to be promising signs for them. Um, going forward, and you know, they were 20, well, they were 25, 25 9 up as well in the fourth yeah. quarter. So, uh, you know, Baltimore really turned it around late to, to get the win. But yeah, impressive, impressive stats from from Vince. But I can't see him doing that every week. No. And no, to be I mean, fair, what happened? Like they must have dropped off a cliff yeah. offensively as well as defensively. Yeah. To do that. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing I'll say, Andy, on that is the Colts have lost to the Ra- uh, Seahawks, the Rams, the Titans, and the Ravens. Mm, that is yeah. a pretty tough start, to be fair. Yeah. So we know they're a good team, and I think they will claw it back. And they're in the right division if they can, you know, the Titans start blowing themselves up again, or Derek Hendry gets, you know, goes out for a couple of weeks. They have every chance of still making it. But yeah. from being one and four, I think the statistics tell them they virtually have no chance. <laughs> and I mean, that division is just bizarre, isn't it? It really is. Um, yeah. It's very strange. It was there for the taking, but yeah. So it, that's that's true. I'm being harsh. That's a tough run of games, and uh, I'm I'm not as down on Wentz as a lot of people who we we talk to. So if he if he, if he comes good, I'll be all for it. I mean, that's all of the week's games covered off. Uh, we're going to have a quick look back at Iggy's bets of the week. Uh, what a performance, James! Can you remember what he gave us? If not, I can tell you. Um, no, go for it. No, roughly. Go he gave us focusing on the London game first. Jets over 11.5 points. Falcons over 14.5 points. Falcons to cover the spread and under the total points, and they all came in. Yeah. Um, so, kudos, Iggy. And he also had the Bucks and the Pats to win as well, in addition to that. Yeah, so. now they all. Nailed it, nailed it all. I had a six-man touchdown accumulator on, uh, and I think two of them came in. That's why we saying none of them got a touchdown. Yeah, Jefferson was one of them, and he did everything but score one. So, yeah. But I did have a small, I did have a small wager on Iggy's on Iggy's bets to dip my toe. So he's the man. Follow him. Um, we'll. Uh, once we wrapped up here, of course, we'll leave you with his bets for this week. So make sure you stay tuned to check those out because they'll be worth listening to. Gentlemen, have we got anything else to throw in before we wrap this one up? No. Nah. Not from me. Not from you. So, Rob.
Rob is very kindly going to join us for our predictions pod coming up shortly. Uh, but yeah, if that's that's it for this one, gentlemen, we'll wrap it up. Cheers, yeah. chaps. And uh, we'll forward speak. to the tough we'll task of predicting the results next week. Yeah, I, I'm not because I'm terrible at it. So you know, I'll just <laughs> we'll do be it. recapping that. I'm sure we will. Thank you very much for your time, gents. We'll speak very soon. Speak soon. Hello, all you beautiful betting people. IDP Iggy, glad to be back with another installment of betting for Outside the Huddle. We're going back with London. Another London game. Hallelujah. Miami at Jacksonville. This is the same game parlay at plus 130, meaning if you put in 100, 100 pounds, you'd get 130. So that should be a little bit like four to five or a little less than that for you guys in the UK. Let's get down to it. Jacksonville to cover a 10.5 point spread, meaning they will not lose by more than 10 points. Under 56.5 for the entirety of the game. But each team must score over 13 and a half. That's the third leg of the parlay. So three legs, each team to score over 13 and a half, but under 56 and a half total points and Jacksonville Jaguars to cover a 10 and a half point spread. Once again, that was at plus 130. We have to do the famed mouse. You know, that's, that's my thing over here, IDP Iggy. And with the early lines, this is what we've came up with. So this is a combination of a money line, e- either over or under in the spread, hence M-O- U-S-E. All right. So the money line, we're going safe. We feel really good about the Colts. So we're just taking the Colts to beat the Texans straight up on the money line. Then we're going to go under 59.5 again for Miami and Jacksonville. I've doubled down on this bet. I feel really good about the offenses not being able to put up that much points. That would be over four touchdowns apiece or over eight touchdowns cumulatively for these guys. Feeling good about it. The spread, Dallas Cowboys to cover a two and a half point loss. So the Dallas Cowboys, who I think they will win, but we went ahead and teased them to make sure that they won't lose by more than two and a half points. So the mouse, one more time, guys. Moneyline Colts, under 59 and a half for the Dolphins-Jacksonville game in London. And then the Cowboys to cover a two and a half point spread. Cover us from the Sunday London game all the way to the end of the afternoon game. Lots of fun. It's the mouse. Money line under and spread. Appreciate you guys having me. Let's go win some more money.